running on empty. This is a good topic. And I love like how the little symbol is a fuel gauge because it really suits my analogy tonight. Um, so I drive a car and I'm sure most of us here would. That's how I got here because I drove. And I don't know about you, but when my car gets low on fuel, sometimes, actually all the time, it, I feel like it doesn't run as well as it does if it was on a full tank. Oh, see, I'm already into it. <laughs> anyway, um, so tonight I'm going to be sharing on how we actually waste our fuel without realizing it. Oh, yes. And I know, um, like literally, I know nothing about cars, absolutely nothing. So I went to Google and I typed up in Google, how do we waste fuel? And it came up with a lot of answers like a lot, and so I just chose two, um, which is we waste fuel by speeding and we waste fuel by not maintaining our vehicle. Oh my gosh. So hopefully tonight um, I can encourage you to, um, you know, maintain your spiritual vehicle and you might also get some tips on how to look after your car. I did when I was writing my message. Anyway, <laughs> my scripture for tonight is Isaiah 58:11, and it says, The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. I know, it's such a good scripture, and it's got like awesome promises in it. I'm going to jump to my first point, which is we waste fuel by speeding. Not good. Speeding is not good. Um, and I actually didn't really know this about speeding. Oh, I knew speeding was bad. I didn't know that it wasted fuel. <laughs> anyway, let's get back on track. Um, so I'm not talking about speeding in your car. I'm talking about racing ahead of God. Ah, oh, yes. When we race, because God like is our guidance, right? He is our ultimate source of guidance, and we need him to guide us. Because, yeah, anyway. So we waste our fuel by racing ahead of God. And, like, trust me, I can tell you, we need his guidance. On Tuesday, you guys are going to love this. On Tuesday, (laughs) we played a game at internship. And it was for the horse races. So I was a blind, I was a blind horse. (laughs) And I was being led through the lovely obstacle course by my jockey. I don't want to mention her name. <laughs> it was Pastor Kathy. She was <laughs> she was my jockey. And so we were running and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna win this race. Um, <laughs> I got a little bit competitive. We got to like the second last obstacle course. I was running, I ran too fast for Pastor Kathy and we let go. I ran straight through the obstacle course and I hit my head on a pot plant on the other side. And it was not good. I had like a massive egg right here and I had a black eye. I still kind of do have a black eye and carpet burn. It was not attractive and we didn't even win. (laughs) So like when I was racing, I really needed the guidance of my jockey to finish the race. And God, he leads us on the right path to life. And if we don't follow his guidance, we end up crashing and hurting ourselves, which is not good, and it's not what God has intended for us. (laughs) I love you, Pastor Kathy. (laughs) So I hear asking this question, how do we apply our spiritual breaks? 
Because sometimes we need to. How do we get back down to God's speed limit? And it like, my answer, it's going to sound like super easy, but sometimes it can be not so easy when we live in a busy world. Okay, you guys ready? Do we just need to spend time with him so we can hear his voice and we can hear his direction? I know, it sounds like super easy, but we live in a very busy world, so sometimes it's not. But you know when you drive a car and you're driving on the road and you look out for the speed limit signs, so you're like, oh, it's 110, better speed up. Oh, it goes back down to 80, it better slow down. The speed limit signs, they tell us when to speed up, they tell us when to slow down. And it's the same with God. He tells us to speed up and he tells us to slow down, but we just need to be in tune to his voice. And we do that by spending time with him. Yes. And my second point, oh, actually, sorry. So slowing down to God's speed limit may look, sometimes look like cutting back on a few things that um, like are crowding our lives, or it might look like saying no to a few things that are crowding our lives, Like because God doesn't want us to be like super busy that we're not focusing on him. He wants us to focus on him, and then he guides us what to say yes to, what to say no to. Yes, that's my first point. And my second point is... Oh, no, I lost it. (laughs) My second point is maintaining your vehicle. I definitely did not know this about your car, that if you don't maintain it, it doesn't run very well. Um, (laughs) I know, but we maintain our vehicle by, like, putting it in the right, putting the right fuel in it or, um, like, taking it to the mechanic, which is super important. And it's the same, like, with our spiritual vehicles. If we're not maintaining them, our fuel starts to get lower and lower. And then we're like oh my gosh, why am I so tired? Why am I feeling really weary? Like, Because your spiritual tank is low. Um, so I picture it like this. There's two cups, like this. How cool is that? One cup is ours, one cup is Jesus. And as we go through life, we like we go to work, we go to school, we go to uni, and we like look after our families or whatever, and we're pouring out of our cup, like constantly pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And then we can get to a point where we've poured so much that our cup is empty, and once it's empty, we can't pour it anymore because there's none left in there to pour. So then that's when we take our cup to the feet of Jesus and he fills it up with his life-giving water. And yes, and then in the scripture it says he gives us water when we are dry and he restores our strength, which is so awesome. But we actually need to take our cup to Jesus to give it to him so that he can fill it up. And like, imagine this. Having a cup that never runs dry. I know, it's so beautiful, and it's so easy to do that. Um, It's actually like, my little tip is really similar to the first one. We just need to spend time with Jesus, oh my gosh, to fill up our cup. But it's like, we like just soak in his presence, and we learn his promises that are found in the word. And then he, (laughs) and he fills us up. So when I was in like grade 11 or 12, oh, probably both, um, I was like really, I was a a nerd. I studied a lot and I spent pretty much two years in my room studying, asked my parents, they hardly saw me. Um, But I was like, like so busy. I was like striving for straight A's and I spent so much time in my textbooks and not enough time in the book. Oh, (laughs) that my cup was so dry. It was like empty and I was like on my bed crying. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm literally like, I'm so tired all the time. I just can't do this. And then immediately I felt his peace 
And I was like, oh, and my cup, I felt like my cup had just been refilled straight away, right then and there. And then I made like just a really quick and a really smart decision to bring my cup to Jesus more often so that he could fill it up. I know. And like everybody has their dry seasons, right? Everybody does. But I always just remember that Jesus holds life-giving water in his cup and he wants to give it to us so that our tank doesn't run dry. And for me, sometimes it looks like, if I have a lot of time, it may look like reading scriptures of the Bible. If I don't have a lot of time, it just may look like listening to one worship song, like, you know, just soaking in his presence. And I always come expectant that he will fill up my cup. And I have this assurance in my heart that he will, and he does every single time. And then my cup never runs dry. And it's so awesome. And then you can keep doing what you were doing constantly, consistently, because your cup never runs dry and you never feel like you're running on empty. Yeah, so it does, I'm gonna wrap up soon because I'm gone over time, by three minutes. Anyway, so it does take time to maintain our spiritual vehicles but just like it takes time to maintain our actual cars, like you have to look after them, but it is time well spent, time spent with our Father soaking in his presence and listening to what he has to say to us. So I hope that I've encouraged you tonight to maybe get back down to God's speed limit or take some extra care with your spiritual vehicle, just listening to God's word, God's guidance, that we do not waste our fuel and that we're not running on empty. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome, Mori. Thank you. I love that. Yeah, come on, give her a head, a jockey. You have to understand, I was there on Tuesday and we really thought it was Pastor Kathy that like just pushed her through this. And that's what it looked like. But it was, Hope explained it, she ran ahead. She did. She bolted ahead. Okay. Thank you. It really looked like. Anyway, thank you, Hope. I love that. Don't run ahead of God. He tells you when to speed up and when to slow down. That was awesome, Hope. Thank you for sharing. All right. You ready? We've got speaker number two coming up in just a moment. I'm going to introduce him. He is a great man of God. He runs a connect group here in church with his beautiful wife, Kristen. He has his own business that is going great successful. He's a high capacity man and we love having him in church on a Sunday night. Please welcome up and stand to your feet. Welcome Glenn Flutter to come share with us here tonight. Hey guys, how are we all doing tonight? Fantastic. All right, what an amazing series this has been so far and such a perfect time of year to unpack a theme on running on empty. I'd like to open in prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to speak to each one of us here tonight. Teach us through the power of your word and help us to get to know you on a deeper level. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you've already taken your seats. My next line is take your seats. So <laughs> I guess you, you beat me to that one. I'd like to take this opportunity to honour Pastor John and Dan, even in their absence. Their ability to practice what they preach and live out a life of great example and discipline deserves praise. 
A couple who manages marriage, parenting, business, leadership, have a global impact and yet still find the time to meet and learn the stories behind every person who walks through these doors is amazing. Even in their absence tonight, I'd like to give it up for them and show our appreciation. Have you ever been so relaxed that you've just wanted to stop time and stay in the moment forever? Here's two photos of me on holidays this year feeling just that. <laughs> but we all know this isn't reality. At times, I feel like it's just so busy and I can't fit it all in. For many of us, usual daily routine consists of juggling family, work, it might be studying, church, there's seeing friends, managing finance, there's health, there's fitness, the list goes on. On top of that, it seems like the environment around us is just getting faster and faster. The likes of online shopping, paywave, group chats, self-checkouts, self-check-ins, they all make their way into our lives, promoted to us to save time and give us more free time. But in reality, it's as though they end up doing the counter-opposite. We end up increasing our pace, expanding our capacity. We're expected to be more productive, respond faster, have the ability to multitask more effectively. Who knows what I'm talking about right now? Fantastic. If you don't have your hand up, you're probably sitting there in a daze thinking about all the things that you've got to do next week. So I want you to, I want you to focus right now. Bring some focus to the house because I'm convinced that there's no greater time than now to ensure that our tanks are full, our priorities are set, and that at a very minimum we have a foundation to base our decisions from and know the direction that we're heading. Tonight I want to start by letting you all, all know that our generous, almighty and loving God has a plan for each one of us. It's not a plan that makes you stressed or run off your feet. It's a plan that gives you peace and prosperity. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and give you a hope, plans not to harm you, to give you a future. If he, the creator of heavens and earth, the all-knowing Father, has a plan, we too need to understand the importance of having a plan. A plan that protects us from being burnt out and projects us into our God-given destiny. We see all through the Bible that our God has a plan. From the very beginning, this, the seven days of creation clearly had a plan. If the animals came before the land and sea, you could only imagine the chaos. And the same God who revealed to Moses that he had a plan to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. The same God who told Abraham that he had a plan to give him descendants that would outnumber the stars. Jesus himself illustrated it perfectly. He knew that God had a plan for his life. And even when temptation came his way, he knew from his foundations that he had a plan and a destiny. The word of God is full of evidence and truth that having a plan is vital for us to live out our best life, ensuring that our body, soul and spirit don't get to the point of running on empty. So tonight I'm going to unpack three key steps to help you outline a plan, enabling you to achieve great things, maintain feeling refreshed, and ensure that our plan allows God to speak through it and aligns with his direction for our lives. Key one is identify. This is probably one of the most important. With so much on our plate, set aside half an hour, make time to do it this week. Set time 
Start by getting in the right headspace and engaging your spirit. For me, this looks like going into our spare room, shutting the door, putting worship music on. I give all my worries to God. He takes them and beautifully exchanges them for his peace. I thank him for how much he loves me, what he has done for me, and ask him to give me direction in my next steps. When I'm in this atmosphere, it's amazing at how my priorities change, how I feel the pressures lift and I can think straight. So take the time to get into this space. When you're here, identify the activities that you need to make room for over the next week or fortnight and make a way... A best way to do this is to categorise them under body, soul and spirit. For me, it looks like body, going for a run, playing sport, making time to stretch, preparing healthy meals. For my soul, it might be seeing family and friends, making time to help others, spending time with my wife and spirit praying, attending church, going to connect groups, serving on a team, reading the Bible. If you have a partner, this is a great activity to carry out together. Uplift each other, encourage each other, empower each other to fulfill these plans. If you're single, the Lone Ranger, even better, you don't have to consult with a partner. I'm just joking, I love being married. (laughs) The word says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your steps in Proverbs 16.3. Key two is prioritise. Take the, take the items on your list and ensure that there is a consistent balance between body, soul and spirit. Ask God to speak to you about where to focus your priorities and how to create a better balance. Place this list into your weekly or fortnightly schedule and commit to yourself that you will follow through with them. This step is a great opportunity to get counsel from leaders and mentors. Pastor Josh and I have spoken on many accounts about time management and it doesn't need to be a 45-minute one-on-one coffee date that chews their time up. It's as simple as having a question ready related to your plan and asking them how would you do this or how much time do you allocate for that. Listen to their advice and take action. A tip here is to start small. For instance, if the only thing that you've planned in the past is your weekend, youth, then don't go try and attempt to, to adopt Pastor John's templated weekly schedule and expect to just breeze through it. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see your work begin. For example, you might start by adding two 10-minute runs to your weekly schedule for your body taking one person out for a cup of coffee that increases your soul and spending 15 minutes every morning to power your spirit. Giving yourself a foundation to grow from is better... Giving yourself a foundation to grow from, it's better to build consistency than to have a big impact that's short-lived. Start small and make time this week to implement it. Key three, take action. Make your... Take your weekly schedule and see it into action. Ensure that the non-negotiables are non-negotiable and not flexible. Continue to pray over your plan, adding to it, revising it, and renewing it regularly. Speak to God through it. Let hear, Hear his word through it. Look at your body, soul, and spirit's gauge and check the tanks. It's an ongoing balance between finding consistency and never being complacent. 
Here's a side note, a great gauge to measure how responsive and open your schedule is to hearing God's word is how long it takes for a message preached on Sunday to be applied to your life. Always remember that God's word declares, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So we have three keys, identify, prioritize and action. Without question, we want to ensure that our plan always focuses towards God, drawing us closer to Him and and the plan that He's already set out for us. Our God loves us so much. He adores us. He wants to equip and empower us to succeed in life. Having a plan and aligning it with Him is a great step to ensuring that we're not left running on empty. I'd like to close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you have blessed us all with this day. I pray, Lord, that you bless us with many more. And as we make time for you to speak into our lives, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you give us the steps that we need to take to align our plan with yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Come on, give it up for Glenn. That was great. So good. So much wisdom, but also so funny. So good. I love that. Identify body, soul, and spirit. You know, I like to do something here in church. I pull out my calendar, and if I something comes to mind straight away, I book it in. You know, maybe you need to do that right now. Book it in. The coffee, the time with God, the exercise, whatever it is you feel God speaking to you about tonight. That was awesome. Thank you, Glenn. All right, you ready? Our final speaker here tonight. She is amazing. She is actually Pastor John and Danielle's PA. She runs an amazing Young Adult Connect group, and she is just a weapon, a powerhouse. I feel like every time she gets hold of the microphone, the devil trembles a bit because she is amazing. And so please, would you stand to your feet and welcome up the amazing Alex Fitch. Thanks so much, Ev. You can all take your seats. How are you going, church family? Great. I love that. Church family, how cool is that? How cool is that that we get to do life together, hey? Through the good and the bad, we get to, you know, spend time with each other. And how cool is it that we have senior pastors that actually put messages and themes like this on because they want to see us living our best life. So just like Glenn, I'd love to honour our incredible senior ministers here tonight. I know they're not here, but I know they'll be listening. So Pastor John and Danielle, we love you so much. I wouldn't be the person I am today without you. I know this house wouldn't be the same without you. We are so thankful for your um, courage to step out to the call of God. And we just love you so much. We're so lucky to have you. So let's give it up for Pastor John and Dan. So Pastor John actually made reference to something that I'm a little bit guilty of doing the other week. And Teresa mentioned it this morning. But um, when you get, you know, your car, youth, you get your license, you obviously have to fill it up with petrol. I confess I am that person that leaves the car running so empty. I push it as far as it can go. I have maybe even been stopped on the side of the road before because I ran out of fuel. (laughs) But actually, you know, my uncle's a mechanic. And when I was telling him about, you know, I get so much out of my fuel I get like 70 k's over empty I save my money blah 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 he was like going from like this exciting conversation we were talking about cars to sheer horror because he was like oh my gosh what are you doing Um, and what he told me in that moment was actually that what happens when you let your fuel tank get that empty there's like sediment and oil and dirty fuel that's right at the bottom of the tank that gets mixed up in with the clean fuel and what it does it actually affects the tank it affects the engine and then it affects the car so you might not see um, you know things 
things in the short term, but long term, there is real bad damages to your car. So please pray for my car. <laughs> but you know, this is actually a picture of our own lives. When we let our fuel tank get empty, when we're letting that um, tank in our lives get to the bottom um, and we're not letting God kind of fill us up, but we get mixed up with all that gross stuff at the bottom, stuff that kind of gets on us and mixed in. And, you know, it taints as well the strength, the energy and the encouragement that God tries to put in us. And I know in my own life, not only do I let my fuel tank get empty, but in the past, I've let my spiritual, um, physical, emotional, all of the tanks get really low. And I did this specifically through um, just not letting God take control and relying on my own strength to do stuff. And I went through um, a season um, a little while ago where my tanks were really, really low and I just remember being completely overwhelmed, always stressed out, always freaking out, so anxious about everything because I was trying to do it all in my own strength. And I remember a specific moment when um, I was at a friend's house who was living out of state, I was on holidays and um, I was sitting there and I was getting ready to book myself into my flight home and I just remember this sense of drowning and I just remember having a panic attack in that moment and just not being able to physically book myself on that flight and fly home because I was so completely overwhelmed by the feeling that I was going to experience when I get when I got back which was my own doing of course but um, I'm so thankful in that moment that I have friends that love God and loved me so they encouraged me to speak to someone and I spoke to their pastor and she in that moment pointed out the fact that I was doing things in my own strength that I wasn't letting God take control um, and I wasn't giving things to him that I should be giving to him and you know, you may be here tonight and something like that might have, like as dramatic as that might not have happened to you, but you know, you could be sitting here feeling completely overwhelmed, completely stressed out. And I want to encourage you that there is freedom from that here this evening. And because I am a living, breathing testimony of that. So in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And I want to encourage you here tonight. I have two steps, two things that I did to get freedom in this in my own life. And point one, I'm going to keep it mechanic themed, but clean the tank. So there's actually this liquid that you can put into your fuel tank, which actually cleans the dirty oil and the sediment and everything in there. So when you put the new fresh oil in, it doesn't actually taint it. And we need to let God actually do that to us. We need to let the oil of the Holy Spirit come upon us and clean us from the inside out. We need to let God's presence wash over us and clean us. You you know, there are things that get on us, you know, we might not be stressed out in that moment, but there are things that get on us from the world, you know, dirty, um, like things that just dirt that tries to get on you and we need to let that wash over us, you know. I do this through prayer, through spending time with God. And it's just so cool that that's like a theme going through tonight that Hope and Glenn mentioned, you know, spending time with God. And what I do is I always take a moment out in my quiet time and I always make sure that I just rest and I sit there for a second and I have worship music on sometimes, sometimes I don't, but I just sit in the presence of God and let him wash over me. I let him clean me from the inside out. There's this incredible scripture in the book of Revelation where it says that there's a river that flows from the throne of God that brings life and blessing. So I just picture that river flowing over me and filling up my cup which was an incredible thing hope that was so good we need to let his presence fill us daily because that cup does drain you know my second point is we have to trust the mechanic our God is our great mechanic we need to trust him not only with our lives just like we trust a mechanic with our car 
We do that by bringing every single situation to him, every single decision to him, every single decision that I've made in my life from that moment on, from that season on. If God's not in it and if God's not on it, I've decided that I don't want it. If it's not something that God has got for me and it's something that I want out of my flesh, I don't want it anymore because I know the things that can happen when you let that happen. You know, we actually push and strive for things, but Jesus says, no, 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 let me do it. Let me take that burden for you. And to access that grace, the unforced rhythms of grace, what we have to do is push into God in our quiet time again. We have to spend a moment. And what I like to do is just close my eyes again and I ask God a question. I ask him, God, is there anything that I'm doing in my own strength that I should be doing in yours? Is there anything that I'm holding on to that I shouldn't be holding on to that you can do for me, God? And if he says yes right in that moment, then I imagine putting it into a box and giving it to him. I completely let go of that situation. I don't hold on to it anymore because I trust him with my life better than I trust myself. And, you know, he says he won't put anything ill-fitting or heavy on us. Sometimes we do that to ourselves, but God will never do that to us because he loves us. He says if we keep company with him, we will live freely and we will live lightly. And I'd just love to pray for you all in this moment, so I'd love you to close your eyes. Yes, Jesus, I thank you that you are a good, good father. And right now I just pray for every single person here, God, that any situation they may be facing, God, that you are there for them, God, as they give their worries and their stresses to you, God, that you are the peace that surpasses all understanding. I declare it will flood their hearts and minds right now. I thank you, God, that you have a plan to prosper every single one of them, God. I just pray right now for your protection and blessing upon them, God. Anoint their hands and their feet and that everywhere they go and everything they touch, the blessing will flow in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you. Great. Hey, church, can we give it up for Alex? What an incredible message. Wow. Our three emerging voices tonight have been just uh, absolutely incredible. Can we just give it up for all three of them, for Hope, Glenn, and Alex. I'm so proud of them. Thank you. And such great revelations and, and things for you and I to, you know, I know as Ebony said, let's apply these things in our life from tomorrow on. Let's just, as Glenn said, action. Let's just action this. And um, I know that's going to help us in so, so much areas, of, so many areas of our life. So thank you again.